Wendigo. Hello and welcome to the Salacast on Saturday the 11th of January 2020. I'm your host Dan Train. Join me today, Zachary Burgess. On a potentially broken mic. And Robert Kemp. I fixed it as best I could. Like, you, you fixed it by just not really doing anything and then it suddenly started working better. Yep. <laughs> best method. Which is not the best sign. That's engineering, mate. Yeah, I just fixed my <laughs> guitar pedals in the same way. It wasn't working, came back, started working. <laughs> <laughs> well, you literally just left it alone for a while. <laughs> yes. <wasn't> it? <laughs> yeah, do nothing. That's the trick. <laughs> I like that. I do like that. Well, it just sort of started working. I wish my um some of my smart home stuff was a little more little well it is a little like that sometimes. It's like we'll we'll do the uh good night routine and it will t- and and uh, it just won't turn the lights off. It's just kind of the primary part of the good night routine. <laughs> right, yeah. What else does it do? Just, uh it checks if all the windows are closed. Oh right. And and, and tells us if they are or aren't. Um sets, does it then uh, so sets the intrusion alarm. Um, you, if it also, tells you that the window's open, does you do you have to go and find it in the dark, or does it is it clever enough not to turn the lights off if there's a window open? That's a good point, actually. No, it's not clever enough. To... <laughs> <laughs> I, I hadn't, hadn't thought of that detail. You have to return on the lights and <laughs> does it go and close the window. I should be. <laughs> if I was really smart about it, smart could, home. Uh, yeah, I mean, I could I could turn on the lights on the on the path to the specific window. Window, it's... yeah. Well, you just. Just do the window check before you turn the lights off. And then bail. Well, yeah, so the reason I don't do that is because the logic uh, the logic to turn everything off is actually defined in the Alexa app, so it's like that's nice and easily accessible rather than having to write it into some into my uh, pistons, which are actually where the uh, if statement is. But the, the window check statements... What's it called? Pistons. Pistons, so yeah. Service. Uh, like an uh, yeah, you, you, it's kinda. It's um, this thing called WebCore that you can put onto a SmartThings hub. WebCore. <coughs> and then through through WebCore, you can define some. Well, it's got a very basic sort of uh, yeah basic language, and you can use that to define some some fancy rules. Sax dying. I didn't get this all out before the start of the podcast, apparently. <laughs> You have to turn your house and in, home into a factorio factory, <laughs> and then tackle programming for you. Uh huh. Yeah, but that's not actual programming. <laughs> Pretty much is. You have to <laughs> only if you can make commands like physical objects that travel around on conveyor belts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they are physical objects, right? Not the commands, but the uh, at least that's one step towards it. The windows and the uh, lights. Yeah. True. Don't have to put those on conveyor belts though; they stay where they are. But they're the, they're like the factories and the storehouses, the Internet of Fangs, or the alien guns. Well, they're more like mines. Like they give you the information. Like they mine the information out of nothing. Yeah, but then you put the <laughs> gold you back the inf- in it when you want to. <laughs> well, yeah, but then you get the information out, and then you have to run it through some kind of factory, and then you put different information in. <laughs> Like the fuel for the miners. You fill the hole back up. This is a terrible analogy. Yep, it's not working. Maybe Dwarf Fortress would be closer. I bet in Dwarf Fortress, you, dwarves have trouble trying to find the window to shut if the lights are off. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> then dwarves have trouble doing literally anything. <laughs> <laughs> Pathfinding, not good. 
or, or sometimes too good, maybe. <laughs> Very direct. Hmm. I found the shortest route possible. No, but you're walking through uh, all the lava. All I want is that sock that's lying on the floor outside in the middle of a battlefield. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you need that sock back. My favourite sock. Yeah. yeah. It's a sock that you've literally only just learned is your sock because the previous owner just died in the fight. <laughs> like, that's that's how dwarves work. I like a, like I'm imagining that dwarf just sort of looking up with shifty eyes now going, Oh, there's my sock. I must acquire it now. Yeah, it's not like you can eat that it's like theoretically that dwarf wouldn't even be able to see the sock. It's just like He's sitting somewhere just underground in a, in one of the <laughs> caves, just sitting yeah. there, and he suddenly like suddenly like looks up and is like, "Shit, I need to get my socks!" <laughs> and then he just runs outside, which is inherited, <laughs> presumably. Is it? Yeah. It's like a sock psychic. Yeah, exactly. Is it like the a family member's member's sock, or how no, does the inheritance a, work? It's just it? like because it's because when the previous owner dies, the sock becomes available. Then the someone who someone else draw. who doesn't have socks at the moment is like, oh, I can wear socks now, and then they, they <laughs> automatically just know where the socks are, even if it's in the middle of a giant fight. Yep, even if it's a hundred thousand meters underground. So not just they wouldn't just go to a sock pile in your base. They'll be well, like, they would if there's so- if there is a sock pile in your base, right? But they'll be like, oh, I see socks over the mountains and far away. <laughs> My quest, and I choose to accept it. Is to go find yonder mountain sock. Yes. Yonder sock. That's why How many... you never make clothes and so... just let everyone be naked all the time. <laughs> naked dwarves. How many socks did you get for Christmas? I only got a jumper. None? <laughs> That's my clothes. Yeah. I okay, do... I only got one pair this year. <laughs> um... But they oh, are I like, like a nice pair of socks. Yeah. Well, these I did have a moment socks, so over like sort of the artist. Christmas period where I was like, I could totally go for a pair of those stupid slipper socks, mainly because my current slippers are like wearing out. I was like, socks. I could get a new pair of slippers. But Do they slipper... have like grip on the bottom? Or... Yeah, they are have they grip, not... like uh... rubber grips on the bottom of the sock and they're extra thick. Right. So like to- toasties, whatever they used to be called. Hmm. But like, I was thinking about that because I, every time that I've had to get a new pair of slippers, I just can't find ones that fit the way I want them to. Which is why the pair that I'm currently wearing are like super wearing out now because it's like I've had these for so long because they're the only, only pair we could find that actually fit. I think for me, slippers has always been one of those things where it's just like I know when I'm going to get old, when I'm feeling older, when well, slip- I, I, when I'm actually going to want to put slippers on, and this year. The thought crossed my mind. It's Why like we might you be want there. Slippers? I'm, like no, cold no, feet can happen to young people. Can't, 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 yeah, can't. I don't know what the fuck is up with Rob because he like, like he has fucking laminate wood floors in his house, not even carpet. I don't really like. Know. How do your feet possibly survive at any I, time of year? I just don't really like having footwear on in my house. That's why they're slippers. It's not like you're wearing shoes. I know, but yeah. sh- shoes different. enough. It's like I used to have, like, what, like Rents got me some slippers a couple of times when I was a kid, and I just never really wore them. Well, you didn't need them it. in your childhood home because you had carpet everywhere. Well, I suppose, but I don't really. Although, to be honest, you probably should have worn them because that carpet wasn't, you know, Good. clean. Yeah. <laughs> clean. <laughs> and you also had a dog. Yeah. 
I've managed to find slippers that basically that my brother had spare that he brought home for Christmas, not this year, but last year. And they've done me because they're like, I don't know what brand they are, but they've got sheepskin inside. And that seems to be the trick mm, to make them warm. Yeah. That yeah. does that can help with like getting them to fit better as well because the sheepskin yeah. gives it a lot of extra padding that you just sort of wedge yeah, into. Exactly. <laughs> I think yeah. I think I think my brain misassociates me having warm feet with me having sweaty feet. Right? Because if I if yeah. I like I know during summer well, that's right, the, that's... And, it, and it's hot, like my feet are like warm and stuff like that for some yeah. reason. Even even without socks or anything, they just feel well, warm. That's and thing, then I and then I rub my toes together. They feel clammy and orange. And then I actually go and like feel them with my hand and be like are they really that gross and they're, they're not they're not that gross they're just you know dusty and stuff i mean that is summer. the other trouble that i have with slippers is like finding ones that don't make your feet too hot because if you get if you go too far and they're like too insulating then you do get start getting the sweaty feet and it's like that's feet, no good yeah. either oh i'm not saying i don't i get the sweaty <laughs> feet i don't get sweaty feet the problem is is that it's just like it feels like sweaty feet and well I don't, and surely I don't like you should that. feel like sweaty feet more when you're walking around barefoot on your laminate floors in the summer because that's like what is caused that should cause the more sweat you don't have the absorbent layer of, of, of oh. any other Textile in between it. No, it's just wiping all over the tiles. Though. Yeah, <laughs> that I can then. <laughs> I, as I say, I don't really get sweaty. I don't really get sweaty feet. It's not. It's not really a thing. Then slippers will work. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, but, but I don't need But I feel like I have sweaty feet. Not if you get the precise, correct kind. <laughs> That's the trouble. Hmm. Can I get some aircon in my slippers? Hmm. I'm just looking at the these ones, and they, I know I don't know the brand seems to be Shepherd, which makes sense because they're sheepskin. <laughs> but like, shepherd. just on the back, they just have a s- Swedish flag. I don't know if like, they're like well, from IKEA or something. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, but, no, but then they'd be called like Shepskilov or something, <laughs> like, you know, whatever, whatever yeah, Swedish for yeah. Shepherd. I have to Google this, but anyway, recommend the, these. Foot's hot. <laughs> the ancient Swedish word for slippers. Foot's hot. Ancient Swedish gets me out of that. Right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's, not, it's not racism if everyone you're talking about is dead already. <laughs> 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 not sure that's 100% correct, but okay. <laughs> Shepherd of Sweden. So it's like, the Swedish chef now technically racist. Is I that... think it was always yeah. racist. I don't think that was ever not racist. Because <laughs> I always get a little bit like I don't know. There's a, there's a, oh, we've talked about this before, I'm sure, but there's that fine line between a stereotype and a full on racist. <laughs> well, okay, if you're going to try and make a definition between that, but... yeah. It's like when people talk like cockneys or pretend to talk like cockneys. That's not a race, though. <laughs> well, neither is Swedish, really. Well, yeah, kind of, sort of, I guess. But they're not that different we're, we're from all, other we're all humans, man. We're all <laughs> one race, yo. You can't be racist because everyone you're talking about is a human. <laughs> the best excuse ever. <laughs> yeah, dog. If you're a dog, then maybe. No <laughs> dog. Is there any news? No. 
That's why we've just gone off on one about swimmers. <laughs> Unless you want yeah. to get into the film section immediately. The film section? Well, mm. sort of, yes, but sort of. Well, how long do we have to wait for spoilers? Is I mean, we can, we can do it at the end of the podcast, and then we can spend as long as we want doing it. I don't uh, know who's racist it, against dogs, but I think that film, Cats, might be racist against cats. <laughs> you reckon? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty weird looking. Oh, did you see it? Did you see no, it? No, no, I am, but I'm now I'm tempted because I've heard how insane it is. Yeah, um, no, no, saw it. She gave it a sort of it's it's okay kind of thing. I think she enjoyed it because you know musicals, but and and the fact that they uh, tried to string a story together. Into yeah, exactly. Something that is inherently not a story, right? No, it's just a series yeah. of cats introducing themselves and singing a song about themselves and then sodding off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's pretty much what, in fairness, that is. I do feel like that's accurate to what a cat would do. <laughs> yeah, fair. Walk into a room, meow a bit, and then bugger off and shit on your mat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... yeah. Except it's Taylor Swift in cat form. <laughs> Someone somewhere on the internet is now saying that she can shit on my mat. <laughs> just... <laughs> yeah, I'm that's all it is, Rob. Because <laughs> he just said it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it looks it looks nuts but like i don't know yeah it's the it's the it's the fact as well that like no no i think because there's two versions of it floating around already there's like this really? well yeah because the, the the version supposedly that was originally released and uh it was the one that made the um was it the oscars board or something like or golden globes or something like that put it up for um like best VFX or something like that wasn't even complete on the VFX side. Like they hadn't finished it yet, and that oh, version yeah. supposedly got is is in a few places. And uh, you know, even while Noam was watching it, she was wondering. It's like I don't know if they it, it was co- completely done. There were finished. bits where it where it looked the the effects looked like wrong and off. And mm. I mean, that's that's true. That might just be like, it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just like there were certain details where it's like, oh, they didn't like shop out the wedding ring on one of the characters' hands, you know, when they're married in real life, but probably not in the film and that kind of stuff. If you're an actor, shall you just take that off? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, it'd be, a, it'd be a detail a VFX artist would, would deal with normally. But wouldn't have to deal with normally. Or that as well. Yeah, I think yeah. normally actors probably remove their jewelry when they're playing roles in movies. So there you go. Yeah. So yeah, there's a second version with more work done to it. Hmm. They patched a film. <laughs> Not to the just, extent just... they patched Sonic, though. <laughs> no, that's true. Well, you know, and I they, they stole I stole that phrase off Kotaku. They, they that's how they describe cats. So like they patched a film. <laughs> Anyway, any other films about any other films? films? <laughs> any other one other film that we want to talk about but probably can't really? Yeah, that Star Wars. Yeah, I saw a film with Adam Driver that was really good. That was not that Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's called Marriage Story. It's on Netflix. Yeah, really good. Uh, depressing divorce drama. Yay! Good. And That's... with Scarlett Johansson, who is also really good. I really, I've always really liked her. Um, then. And then the supporting cast is like Laura Dern from 
the last jedi and jurassic park etc <laughs> mm-hmm. and alan alder he's good in it and ray liotta yeah <laughs> okay yeah as like divorce lawyers basically yeah if you want a sort of small movie that's probably going to win oscars check that out because it's pretty damn good all right i think adam driver might be my favorite actor working at the moment he is pretty good i'll give him that He's uh, got an enjoyable face. <laughs> it's an interesting face. It's not your average face. And he sounds good with that Kylo mask on. Yeah. <laughs> that, that creepy voice is way better than when he takes it off. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah. But probably best in The Force Awakens than in anything else. Yes. Like a lot of things about this um, trilogy. trilogy. Yeah. Yes, most things were better in the first film. So, can is it even possible to talk about the rise of Skywalker in a non-spoilery way? I mean, no. you can no. say your general. Well, that's what Dan feeling. did last time. You can, you can, yeah, which we now agree with. Yeah. having seen it, it is fine. I mean, my feeling was like I, I kind of enjoyed it, enjoyed it while watching it because I didn't have very high expectations, and it was, <laughs> I guess, and it was yeah. spectacular, you know, spectacular enough or whatever. And I was like, well, I know that dumb things are going to be in this because I've seen the trailer and I know that the Emperor's back, which is already really stupid. And at least we're going to get some fun prequel memes type fun out of the Emperor, which we did. Uh, but then afterwards, it's like the more you think about it, the more stupid literally everything in the movie is. Yep. Yep. There are wide open plot holes that are just and unresolved strings that were yeah. probably done intentionally, maybe not. And it's just there's yeah, there's just details here and there where you're just like, Okay, so, sorry, what how did how did they get there? And why yeah. is this thing here? And how I mean there's a lot of people here. And oh and now this does that now. Okay. Um yeah. that's that's new. And there's uh, a lot of talk now about like okay well at least the last jedi was like trying to be different which obviously was the thing at the time and i did like appreciate some of the stuff in the last jedi but like sure i, I think have... and i think we said that at the time yeah. that it's like okay yeah it's nice that they didn't follow the pattern but there were bits in the did. last jedi <laughs> when i was watching it in the cinema where was i was like feeling embarrassed watching uh, it like that yeah. it starts with a, the star wars film starts with a prank phone call i mean and then <laughs> and then fucking leia flying through space like mary poppins and like all, all of that and then the low speed like chase is so stupid everything and with that... pose like storyline where he's like for some reason the commander won't tell him the plan and he has to learn a weird lesson about leadership that makes no fucking sense and, um, and then and a, and a, and a huge side plot that yeah serves no purpose other yep. than to drive the plot into a more dire situation yeah make things worse by going to yeah. las vegas where where they have like the kitty races from Crim Fandango for some reason. Uh, I mean, it was like it's like I I get that people are saying they're they're definitely people watching the Rise of Skywalker are now pointing at the Last Jedi saying, "See, that was doing some." Although it was weird, it was doing some cool stuff, and it had. Oh, the, I mean, like visually, like it's yeah. it's it's an impressive film. There are but there it are had part, that. There are parts of that that are really really nice to look at, but it's just the way it's all structured and the way it's put together doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. So I'm not I I'm not now reevaluating the last Jedi and saying I like it because I don't I still don't like the last Jedi even though it has some good I like I appreciate that Ryan Johnson was trying to do like he was trying to make it so that Ray 
came from nowhere and that was a whole point that anyone could become a hero and he had that thing at the end with the kid with the broom and everything i think i think we all knew the story was never going to be that (laughs) well that's the thing isn't it so now this movie is like crazily retconning everything from the last movie constantly hilarious like but at the end of the last movie the entire resistance is like meant to be basically on one ship they're like all dead mm. <laughs> and then at the start of this movie they've got like a little forest base and they've got a whole but arcade the, but, runner but and st- a bunch of but there's in theory still not very big and then no. suddenly like they they seem bigger when it when it seems required yeah, just like, you know what I mean. They just yeah. grow weirdly. It just makes no fucking sense. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, almost nothing in this in this new one makes makes any real sense if, when you start thinking about it. The and then I'm now I'm thinking, well, maybe <laughs> would I even bother to watch it again? Maybe not. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'd, eventually, I'm sure. But... <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't, I know. I know. Uh, so yeah, you guys know know Matt, who's you know, been on the early episodes of this very podcast uh, a couple times. He he's seen it like three or four times now, right? And uh, and he came back with like I think it, like, he enjoyed, he liked it the second time the most because the first time he was going into it with trepidation, being right, like this yeah. can't this can't possibly be good, and he's like overanalyzing everything as he's watching it. Whereas, Whereas I was going on thinking, going in thinking, I don't really care at this point because of the yeah exactly movie. yeah same here same here I I was. Uh, you know, I was hopeful something could happen that would turn it around, but I'm not looking at it expecting it to be, no. you know, the next Matrix or whatever. It's just a, uh, you know, just what, just what a good time, a, a sub Marvel good time. And I got la- that. In fairness, yeah, the layer stuff didn't quite work. You know? Oh no, the, you know the 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 way they had yeah. to cut that together that yeah, was very really obviously cut together, right? Yeah, it's like oh, it she can only say. She can only say vague statements around the conversation. She yeah, can't actually can't drive actually the conversation. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I, yeah, that was an incredibly difficult thing to do. Yeah. But maybe you could have, I don't know. Yeah, if you used the VFX artists that know not to move the top lip, uh, <laughs> like they did with, with Young Leia, um a couple of times, it's like, and get a decent facsimile voice actor, maybe you could have made something work, like. So I, I think in general it was like kind of impressive watching J.J. Abrams try and steer the ship completely around 180 towards something more like what he was going for in The Force Awakens. Yeah, but it that was did they, like yeah. 50% I mean, did, of the film is just like abrupt yeah. direction change for every every little like thing that the middle film did. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of amazing that they didn't... I mean, I, I imagine they, the reason they did this was that Abrams might have been busy with some other projects and so couldn't have I done guess. the second, but... Well, no, he, like, didn't want, just, he did it on purpose. That's the thing, and it's really... Yeah, they were that's the most annoying have three thing. Different people, right? Yeah, they, they were. To make that was an interesting yeah. thing. Exactly, that was the plan. And like the, yeah. uh, the it's the thing about JJ is like he he deliberately set things up that he had no idea where they were going. There was no plan. It's obvious. Like, and he, he just wanted to do one movie and get out. And well, yeah, sure, because so otherwise, Howard. Wait, yeah, that makes that. I mean, that bit makes total sense. But mm. like. Because that explains why it went in a different direction with the second film, in a different yeah. direction again with the third. It's like, okay, yeah, fine, I, I, I can see that. But, but you should have just worked with what he. But got. it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, if they, well, or if they're not the consistent part of the trilogy, why are they given that level of control anyway? I mean, yeah, yeah. they're the directors, but there's a point where it's like, if you're not going to be here the entire time. 
it just like, seems you weird need, to you need experiment. a linchpin and that linchpin didn't seem to exist no well, and it's needed, like the writing as a well story that wasn't made of the directors they like they needed a they needed yeah. a like a framework story that then three different directors could make the three parts of exactly, sure. exactly. in a slightly different style or something yeah if they had like kept like yeah some core writing <laughs> well, thing what, i put... guess what the framework story they did have was just the story of the previous three films because well exactly so lawrence kasdan was the screenwriter of the empire strikes back and he wrote the force awakens i think obviously he's getting on a bit but that he was like one of my you know he was doing the I think JJ told him to do a soft reboot, so that's what he did. Mm. But then he wasn't involved from then. Rian Johnson wrote The Last Jedi, and I think JJ wrote this, which shows <laughs> that it's not <laughs> written by the guy that wrote Empire Strikes Back. Um, yeah. Yeah, they, exactly, Zach. They should have had a plan for the, uh, you know, sketched out. It didn't yeah, have to be it's, like. It's, it's kind of baffling that. Uh, and we said this later as we were walking out of the cinema, that it's baffling that they take something as big as Star Wars and just don't really show no. the care that it feels like, you know, it's one of, it is possibly the biggest franchise, right? Uh, like, Especially when, well, no, uh, because... Aside from maybe it, Pokemon. Pokemon's like huge. But no, like... <laughs> no, no, it's the, Mar it's the MCU and that is planned and that is Disney. Like, it's the same theoretical people but they're obviously not right but that is organized right they have a a sketch plan for everything going on in the mcu right and then they fill in the yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's what they should i mean that's do. that's what the phases are right they know exactly yeah. what they're up to yeah um they, they were kind of helped with that one thanks to like just the massive background of all the comics though yeah 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 they oh. kind of already had a pre-written story for most of, for quite but a lot. But they're all time. interpretations of that. None of yeah, them are literally like, the comic stories, are well, they? No. They're all adjusted. No, the, the, the way the MCU connects is is pretty different. In in like it has beats. Let's put yeah. it that way from the comics. But no one movie is like a comic series. No. Really, it's like it like even Infinity War and like it's it follows the and it follows the idea and has its iconic moments. But like, the flow is wildly off. Like Civil War is massively different from Civil War in the comics. Like, um, yeah, oh, sure, right. Yeah. There's only a few bits that are kind of combined. You know, the themes from the Civil War, but they but they the do comics. it but they do it well because you can like with books and and other mediums, it's like that. You can have way more of these other ones yeah. that wouldn't necessarily translate. Like you, yeah. like a like you you could pull that. You can pull more comic book style flows off in TV better than you can films. Yeah. But they, but they're trying. It's like the MCU's weird, isn't it? It's like halfway between a series and a, a between TV and film, and it's like it's great. They made it work. But, so why but you're is right. it they have a plan? Why why is Star Wars not planned? It's and like then, it's Star Wars. Given that it's not planned, and JJ now needs to basically do two films in one, turn it around and retcon everything. Why does he spend the first like? easily half of the movie running around collecting MacGuffins at random planets and introducing new characters <laughs> that have about three lives each. Like, mm. who, Zori Bliss, what? Like, the, the girl that looks like uh, um, the, the Mass Effect who, character, what's her name? Who's, who but, is Zori, Zori Bliss? Like, she's like, like the Poe's, because they introduced a, love in, a girl love interest for Poe to make sure that oh, the Chinese right. audience don't Tough think fun. he's gay, right? And they introduce a a girl love a second girl love interest for Finn to make sure the Chinese audience don't think he's gay, even though they already sure. had one in the last movie who just sure. hangs around on the base doing nothing, who literally kisses him at the end of the last movie, and she's just like, "Oh, you hang out at the base. We'll add. We'll like introduce a new character who's the same as you but female." 
because she's a like a stormtrooper who was now we're getting into spoilers. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, okay, that's, that's not really a spoiler. A spoiler. That's, that's not. That's a non-essential spoiler. But they add, yeah. Anyway, they add, randomly add these characters that don't add anything really. My, the only one that does is Babu Frick, who is obviously the best thing. He's in the, the coolest. Movie. Yeah, he's yeah. absolutely the coolest. And actually, like the C three PO stuff was good. I think. Yeah, that was actually quite nice. That was a neat. Uh, they I, like most things with this film. I think they could have been bolder with it and made that more of a thing. Like maybe have that whole bit happen like earlier and have them dealing with C-3PO's memory loss actually like a, a, a like returning thing throughout the film. Yeah. That, that, well, or it's just, not it's just make how... it just be able to be undone pretty much. Yeah, well, and then it <laughs> yeah. just doesn't really... Like everything well, in this movie. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't really matter. No. Is the thing. It's like like there's no gravity to it. Well, apparently, you, it doesn't you, matter you just... that the emperor got murdered at the end of Return of the Jedi, right? Because he's. Well, I mean, sure. Yeah. It's just like they... he's allowed to have magical powers. Like <laughs> I guess. Yeah. This film has ideas that never that never pay off. That's and a... I, think that's, I think that's my biggest problem with it. It's like there are bolder things they could have done. There are bolder things that they set up, and they do, and they just don't. They don't go with it. They fall back to the safety, or they ignore yeah. it completely. And it's just like, oh, okay, th- this is this is, is like video game writing. <laughs> well, basically, I mean, I think yeah. it is true that the Last Jedi had better ideas. I just didn't like the execution. I think mm. it had some good, some really good ideas in the Last Jedi, but it just didn't. I really like in the Last Jedi the kind of Ray Kylo Force telephone call thing. And you that, see, that, I don't i think that's actually one of its biggest problems it's like not because the idea is bad but the execution of it is so they made it teenage angst rather than a little bit yeah. rather rather than actual like but kylo I is, know, is teenage or. angst <laughs> i know i know but it's like it just doesn't i think it pays like that's one of the concepts that actually works well i think in this one it finally got to a place where yeah. it needed to be that 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 style of communication he did reuse but, that like quite well and but he added the element of like is this spoilers, but you can he, they can now transmit physical objects through this. They could do that in the last one, though. How oh, could they? He, he, get, he gets wet when she's oh, standing yeah, yeah. by the oh, sea on the yeah. on the island. He said he gets splashed with water. Yeah, I think that's really that's cool. Actually, that's cool. and how they yeah. how they transfer in the middle of fights and things like that. It's like that that stuff's really actually yeah. That's a, cool. that's a cool idea and exit and done well actually. Yeah. and it's um. I mean, it doesn't make any fucking sense, but it's cool. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's it's proper cool. <laughs> I liked how there, because... there are some things I'm willing to overlook for. Cool. Oh, well, I, I thought like, it was okay. Cares. Like yeah. I thought it was fine when he just got wet, but when it's like this entire helmet suddenly ends up somewhere completely different, or, or this like, like necklace <laughs> thing that's the MacGuffin, or like you know, more important things. Mm. It was fine when it was just like you could excuse the wetness as being yeah. like a sensation, not yeah. like an actual physical thing. Oh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> right, I agree. Yeah. It works better in the last Jedi, I think. And but yeah, because now, like, <laughs> now I'm just imagining it's like if the Jedi ever come back into power and they're the, the force that they used to be. It's like now they've got some kind of teleportation network. They've got some excellent <laughs> delivery system. They'll be like Jedi courier service. Death Stranding could do with one of those. Just I mean, have a Jedi add... on it. Or two. The... You need two. Well, yeah. Apparently. <laughs> they added the healing power thing. I noticed that they, they released yeah. the, the Mandalorian episode that week early, which has the healing power in, so that you see that <laughs> in, oh, the, right. in the show before before going <laughs> to see the movie, if you're a big fan, which was kind of cool. Um, but that makes sense. But I like how... so. 
I mean, my, it's, my... it's just another space magic. I'm okay yeah, with that. Yeah, it's totally fine. I yeah. think the original Star Wars movie, when they talk about spice, that's I think that's a reference to Dune, right? Because Dune right. came the the book came out in like 1965 or something. Um, and and I think that was that was probably the most popular sci-fi. Well, at the at the time, it was a big hit. Dune, like that book, and uh, won the Hugo Award and stuff like that. So I think when they talk about the spice mines of Kessel or whatever, and and that the, that's basically Han is a sm- spice smuggler, right? Basically, and he drops the cargo for Jabba the Hutt, and that's why he's in trouble with Jabba the Hutt. The spice. Like that, I think the spice must flow. So I think it's a reference to Dune. But then this movie, not only do they does Pope Dameron admit that he's a spice runner, drug mule, but then they have a literal sandworm, <laughs> which I'm hoping is another Dune is more of a Dune reference because there's going to be not, a Dune. But film it's not a year. huge sandworm, no, and it's not but... related to spice in any way. No, but it's you just know, a sandworm. I think it's like it's not like, like, it's not like Star Wars didn't already have the sarlacc, which is basically That's a sandworm. True. Well, is, is, Abram, is Abrams working on that Dune reboot? It's Denis like, Villeneuve, so I'm. I'm oh hopeful. yeah, yeah, oh yeah. That's 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 yeah. why there it was makes, hype there. It makes total I remember sense. Now. Yeah, that's gonna be a big one. And end of the year, hopefully. Um, I'm hyped for Dune. As I think I mentioned many times, never never actually really liked the the original. It didn't the, the film. No, the well, the film. film is all messed up. It's a David Lynch film, <laughs> yeah. and he, yeah, and he did, disowned it because it. Yeah, but it's a great, um, you know, world from the books and stuff. So I'm very hopeful that they'll make a good. Denis Villeneuve will make a good version. Yeah, and they're doing it in two parts. Yeah. But yes, so Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, just watch The Mandalorian because it's really good. Is it even possible to legally get Disney Plus in the UK yet? Not yet. So how? No, I mean, yeah, exactly. It's just one of those things. It's like, how can actually people watch this? Yeah, cultural phenomena. Yeah, it's coming, I suppose. Uh, Yeah, that last episode was pretty good. Directed by Taika Waititi. Whoop whoop. Yeah, you got that. Um, his, his other films coming out soon, isn't it? Oh, Jojo Rabbit is out. I think. Oh, it's out out now. I think it's out. Yeah, people have seen it. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. Um, <coughs> I'm, I'm. It's got mixed reviews, but people I, mean, I know it's weird, isn't it? But it. Like, yeah, it sounds like it could be good fun in its own strange way. Yeah, I need to see Little Women as well because it's Greta Gerwig, and I like what was Lady Bird. That was good. Oh right, Lady Lady Bird was Saoirse Ronan, wasn't it? No, I mean the director. Um, oh, right. But she's in it too, Shersha Ronin. Oh, okay. <laughs> she's in it, women as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, film your, that's your film section replacing news because there's not because a lot of there news. There ain't no news. Well, there's one bit of news. There's one bit. Go well, on, I Derek. What's bit. going on in video games? Two bits of news. Yeah, technically, multiple bits of news contained inside one bit of news, I guess. Because. The first Nintendo Direct of the year happened, except it's not actually a Nintendo Direct, it's a Paypal Direct. <laughs> it's just uploaded to Nintendo's channels. Right. Here's, here's an update to Pokemon. Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> they call them Smash Directs when we get like the Sakurai's like, character things. I don't think... Things. Yeah. Mm, those often just happen after regular Directs, though. 
It's just like here's an extra bit where we just go and talk to Sakurai. Before. Yeah, I suppose that in the in the main direct they reveal the character. <laughs> well, that's what then, they've done a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, and then go off and have this extra video. But anyway, so there's the, the, before this Pokemon Direct happened, I did see some speculation where it's just like, well, if this is the if this is the Nintendo Direct for January, that must mean the last Smash Brothers character is a Pokemon, right? Because they've got to announce that here because February's coming, and that's when it's meant to happen. God, yeah. <laughs> But luckily, no. So the last Smash Brothers character is not a Pokemon, and we still don't know what it is. But the Pokemon company came along to say... Well, they've all been crossover characters, haven't they, other than... Well, yeah, that's why I was thinking, like, if it is a Pokemon, it's going to be hella disappointing. Yeah. It's just like, you can't have this epic, these other epic four awesome characters where it's just like, all these characters people have been asking for, and then at the end it's just, and a Pokemon. I mean, (laughs) there's nothing wrong with Nintendo putting another Nintendo character (laughs) really. But it's like, But not as part of the fire pass. Save that for the next round of DLC if you want to add another Pokemon. Well, I think if they were going to do that, they should put it in the middle of the season as well. Right, sort of like just chuck it in the middle, well, like maybe. where no one's really paying attention. <laughs> Everyone's always paying attention. <laughs> so yeah, the Pokemon Company came to say several things. The first of which that they led with was, "I was momentarily excited and then sort of disappointed because it was like, oh, it's Mystery Dungeon, except it's just a remake of the first Mystery Dungeon." <laughs> and I can confirm by having played not even all of yeah. the demo yet, it's pretty much exactly one of those games. <laughs> Well, which is why I'm disappointed. Those games never changed, right? That was well, the problem. yeah, that's the problem. And going back to the first game, this one—I mean, it, I guess I have—I've never played the first one, so I don't know. But it seems like it probably still functions the same as it did, from what I can, what I know about the first game compared to the newer ones. And maybe there's some stuff in this one where it's been like updated in the remaster or whatever. No, right. So the remaster might actually just bring that one to be more like the newer yeah, ones. Yeah, to be anyway. more like the newer ones. Uh, but like not advancing the formula at all. Right. Which is yeah. what I really want. But yeah, it's just like, well, I was momentarily excited and then less excited. <laughs> but I guess I'm, you know, since I haven't played that game, it is still technically new, but not like because I know it's the. And also. As I said, from the two games I have played, the story is always the same. So, so I'm just like, this is probably, I think I'm looking at probably the exact same story again as well. Not just even the gameplay being the same. I don't know. I would have preferred a new one. Even if it had been the same story and the same mechanics, I wanted a new one. Because <laughs> that gives them an opportunity to actually do something new, not just port new things into an old version. So there's that. And also the art style is kind of weird. They like made it weird. I don't know. Like it can't. It's not like it's an updated from the original version's graphics because this mm. was a Game Boy game, right? <laughs> but there's like this weird sort of pastel painterly style. That I'm not sure oh, looks that great. Yeah, like they tried, but I don't think they pulled it off that well. It's different for a Pokemon. Well, kinda. I mean, I mean, I'm not sure it's as different as the entirely cube. Pokemon thing, whatever that was. <laughs> yes. The mobile game. Yeah, Quest. Yeah, well, I don't know. So that's that, I guess. That will probably be far too expensive for what it is as well, obviously. Because yeah, it's clearly. Pokemon. <laughs> Pokemon sells. And speaking of Pokemon selling, second thing they announced is you remember how in previous Pokemon generations you'd get the two games and then you'd and then if you were smart you'd wait until the third game came out and you'd be like, <laughs> Okay, now I can get the finished version. This is the good one. This is the good one. Well and they're like actively patching 
the current one, which is, I suppose, relatively new. They didn't didn't yeah, do that all that much. That's why I'm, going, I'm coming to that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So you remember how you used to wait for the third game, and you get that, and you'd be good. Well, fuck that shit. Now it's expansions. Oh, I see what you mean. Right. <laughs> okay. Oh. So now you can't even have been smart and waited for the third game. You now have to buy the base game and the DLC for uh, like nearly the double the cost of a regular game. So we're not going to get like helmet edition. No, you are going to get the island island of armor, which is one of the new areas they're adding. Okay, in the DLC, which is island, is it? Maybe it it has a well, it sort of has a bit like J- Japanese style buildings on it, and it's like, what? what why? Yeah. Okay. Why is this suddenly Japan again? This island off the coast of England is now Japan again, suddenly. Okay, because people love Japan. And then there's the second part of this expansion passes. Some is the tundra, which I don't know where that's meant to be. Presumably Scotland, but they already had part of that in the game. They already had an icy area, right. so it's just more Scotland, more ice. So yeah, I don't know. It's like you know, you're already you've already paid forty five or more quid for the base game. Now pay another thirty quid for the expansion to actually, and also to, thirty quid to be able to get all the Pokemon that they didn't put in the base game because <laughs> a lot of them are coming in the expansion as well. Oh right, so what filling in the gaps edition, but not all of them. Right. <laughs> Still, just some more of them, and you know, God, it's just terrible. What's the, what's, is the expansion got a name? I don't think so. I think they just said it's the, just expansion. The, the Isle of Armour and the, tun- the Northern whatever Tundra and it's just an expansion pass it's called. Okay. So yeah, get ready to pay even more money. And also, you know, if you if you so they're patching they're putting all the putting in a bunch more of the Pokemon that they didn't already have because of course they would. Uh, but they're not fully locked behind the paywall because they're patching them back into the original game, but you can't catch them in the original game. Oh, you can weird. just trade so, for them oh, right. <laughs> into oh, the original game. You can trade them into the original game, but you can't catch them. But they're going to appear in the. So they're not going to appear in the wild at all. No, not in the original game. Okay. They're only going to be in the new areas. That's odd, but it's okay. Very odd. But then, but then they're like, but wait. Now, now that we're adding all these new Pokemon that, that you can add to your Pokedex, now we can now you can use Pokemon Home to bring them over if you pay yet another subscription fee. <laughs> mm. If you pay even more money, you can get those Pokemon a different way. If you don't want to buy the expansions, <laughs> just spend some money in a different direction. You've still got your home for some reason. <laughs> so, goddamn, Pokemon company just wants a lot of money. Is it? it, it yeah, it does sound a bit milky. Well, it's just when as soon as I like at first I was just like oh it's just an expansion pass and I was like well yeah I guess that makes sense but then when I thought about it more and I was like but wait that just means the third version doesn't exist any longer so they're making you pay that much more money yeah. rather than waiting and getting the good version and, it, and it's not well up until the 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 spate of Switch re-releases Nintendo haven't exactly been um. Like, you know, they don't exactly do the like the game of the year edition versions of a of a, of a game, do they? Like a, no. a year or two after its release. I mean, they it's probably like they want to sell you the original one and all its DLC. They probably could do a third version. It just wouldn't be a third version. It would just be a bundle, I guess, mm. maybe slightly cheaper or whatever. If they decide to do that eventually. I mean, yeah, the only time the only time Ninty have actually really done that is is as I say, these re-releases like the Wii U. Mario Kart is the one, right? Whereas, like, the Wii U DLC is included. 
So yeah, that's what happened with Pokemon. Well, unless that um, new Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe Edition has the DLC in it as well. I don't know if that thing had like New Super Mario Luigi or New Super Luigi Bros. U as part of it or something. Because that was a, that was a whole separate product, wasn't it? I originally? think it might have done. I think it might have had the hard version essentially. Okay, so that counts. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> yeah. <coughs> so you don't get the sweet green case that, the, that it used to come in. Vital. Pokemon news. Yeah. <clears throat> and the one bit of Microsoft news is that they've said that their first set of first-party games for Xbox Series X won't just be for Xbox Series X and PC, they will also work on the bone. The Xbox One, so they'll be they're doing they're doing cross gen. Mm. Mandatory cross gen. Man- well, at least with their own stuff. <laughs> like, they as mandatory as as them saying that, like, the previous games should have worked on the previous console was, I'm sure. Well, they, they, yeah, they haven't, <laughs> they haven't said third parties have to ad- ad- adhere to this. It's just them. It's just their... It's them doubling down on their whole backwards compatibility thing, but they're doing some forward compatibility, I guess. Is that the way around? Mm. Uh, it's still only going to apply to, like, I don't know, free games. Yeah, maybe. Probably. It'll be, like, the first year, I yeah. reckon. So we might we might that that Forza and that Halo at least, and maybe a Gears if they get that in there in time. Nah, it would be Gears too soon. We won't see Gears Six in that space. It's been quite a gap between four and five, but it doesn't seem like they've had to work on the engine. <laughs> well, no, because they're you know what they probably don't actually. Yeah, because the engine is so good, it would like and it runs so well on PC. It's like okay, we would just put that on the. Uh, Series X and it would run at 60 frames at 4K and be fine, right? Yeah, mm. seems like it. What do you think Microsoft will, given the power of Series X, do you think they'll have a VR thing, um, PlayStation style? No, they've game? kind of they've kind of steered away from that hard, and they're like, I, don't, I think whenever it comes up, they they're just they're not that interested in that space. Mm. Given that Half Life Alex, I guess we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. Yeah, although there's some um, <laughs> like concerns that Half Life Alex, you know, the, the, um, the Alex reveal was originally postponed because Boneworks came out and Boneworks was doing more with motion than Valve had ready for their demos. So it's just, uh, yeah, and there's all kinds of, so there's, there's, there's now a big question mark over whether Alex is all that revolutionary when it comes out. If it will be that, right. because Boneworks exists, and that's it's still fucking Half Life though. I mean, from... <laughs> it will have a higher production quality for yeah. sure. But yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I don't know. It, like VR's hit a weird place in that there's not the innovation seems to have dried up at the moment to a certain extent. It's like yeah, Boneworks kind of introduced you like okay, if you're if you're not the motion the type that gets motion sickness. It's like here's ways to move around freely in the environment, and you can, and you can do arm over arm climbing and things like that, and it will move with you, and it's um, physicsy and interesting. And it's like, but you know, motion sickness. And it's uh, and other than that, I can't really think of many games that have actually tried to just innovate in that space since maybe like Sony tried with Astrobot and things like that to do like. <laughs> 
sit down platformers with look around mechanics that actually make sense and you're part of the world stuff. Yeah, I don't know. It's in a weird place. I don't know if Microsoft are having like, oh, this might be like the Connect kind of thoughts <laughs> right now, and that the fad may die. Yeah, fair enough. That's probably right. That quest, though, that Oculus Quest, supposedly very good. Well, that's going especially, on. Nothing. Especially now, you can link it to a PC and just use it like a Rift. Hmm. That's a good idea. It can wireless. do both. Uh, I don't know. I think that might be wired mm. still, but at least it means that you can buy the Quest, use it as a standalone thing, and then rig it to your more powerful PC, maybe, mm. as well, and do both. Which is pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's not nothing really else much happening. It's like... Nothing could happen, I suppose. It's been the break. No one's been working. Fair. No one's been working. They revealed the PS5 logo. Wow. It's exactly what you think it is. Of course it is. They didn't even change the font. Like, not even at all. Not even a little bit. Where's that PlayStation 3 Spider-Man font? So, yeah, I suppose. I suppose. I guess. Yeah, I guess there was a bit of a change between three to four. But <laughs> I keep forgetting that that happened. I sort of assumed that font's been like that for a very long time. Yeah. I mean, the Spider-Man font was practically that font still. It wasn't that big a change between three and four. It was. Uh, it's not quite. It's just so like slightly less slanty. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose you could argue that Microsoft haven't changed their font since the. Much since the end of the 360, and arguably even the PS2 Lego was practically the same. Yeah. Oh yeah, that, that was, was cool. That was way more square. Yeah. Yeah, super square with that kind of weird gradient on it. Mm. Blue and purple. Yeah. PS2 was cool. I mean, you could. Most of the consoles then had more. Um, more pizzazz. <laughs> I don't know. If, yeah, I don't know. If right. Let's go with like in the unique character between yeah. them, right? The consoles had more of a their own stamp. You had American, Japanese, and cool. I suppose the GameCube was like just straight up Japanese, right? <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> I guess that's the news because there's nothing going on. There's no news. Yeah, it's time for what you've been playing. What you've been playing, Rob? Me? Have you been stranding some death? I have. My death is stranded. Where is it? On the beach. It's stuck there. I don't know. I don't understand what the beaches are, but really, yet <laughs> there's all they talked about. God, this game is weird. I mean, well, but. There's some of it on in the a beach. Big some things. of it in a good way. Some of it in a like boring way is how I would describe this. There's a lot of it's it's just a it's a game of weird things that like, come together in like I'm not entirely sure in a cohesive way. It feels a little bit of a mess, but then most Kojima games do in the <laughs> boring way. It's like 
Uh, so yeah, Death Stranding Delivery Boy Simulator 2019 uh, is Sam Porter Bridges. Sam he, Porter Bridges. He's a yeah. porter. He ports these. Yeah. And for a company called Bridges. And also maybe sometimes makes Bridges. Yeah. (laughs) He does all all these things. The only thing... I mean, this world is weird. Like, everyone seems to have, like, just abandoned their actual names to be called, like, internet handles. Uh, And and people with actual names only keep their first name, and then the rest is, like, a job title. It's it's really odd. Like, no one seems to have, like... Yeah. It's, it's, it's just slightly odd. Like you meet the cosplayer, or <laughs> as well, or the craftsman. Classic job, cosplayer in the post apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. It's like Sign she's like, she, 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 she describes herself as cosplayer, but it's supposedly because she's a mar- she, you know she's a master with a sewing kit. You know, she's making she make clothes specific clothes for you. It's weird. You're carrying things from place to place and getting ranked on how well you carry the things from place to place. Um, she's a tailor. A... <laughs> Sorry. Yes. She's a tailor, yeah, but she calls herself the cosplayer. Kind of, yeah. And Conan's there because Conan's there. Is he... Conan O'Brien. He's wearing He's an otter hat. Host. Yes, that one. Conan late night. <laughs> no, no, no. no. He, just hangs out. he just hangs out in the cosplayer's house. Oh. Yeah. I guess he was like a reasonable place to be in the most apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't really know where to start with this thing. It's just, and we touched on a little bit of it, I guess, a game of the year. But it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's I've, I've put about sixteen, seventeen hours into it at this point, and I think I'm really only scratching the surface. It's like the amount of, like, I, it's still telling me, giving me new things. I've only just got the ability to drive trucks about, although I've stolen a few in the past. Um, and the the uh, yeah, there's there's a whole lot of space left on my equipment rack, so I think there's a whole lot more game of this. And I'm and it's not like I'm trying to specifically go out of my way and do a lot of side stuff. I'm, I'm like I don't feel like I'm doing a lot of side stuff. I'm I'm trying to mainline it a bit more now at this point because it's just. <laughs> It's a lot of walking around, and actually getting around the world is is pretty awkward. But that's the um, game, right? But that's the game. Yeah, it's it's like there are there are there are bits of it that are like I, I kind of appreciate. It. It's like you've made it difficult to get around this world, so it's about getting around it and just honing in on that. It's actually kind of all right. But then they give you vehicles that you can't really ride around the environment very well. Because there's the environment is too rocky and too drained. There's not enough like open spaces for you to really use the vehicles. And it's like, and I feel bad when I get off my vehicle and have to leave it behind because I can't drive it down this next section. Or and it's like, okay, what do I do? I just leave it here, I guess, to be destroyed by timefall eventually, or for another player potentially to pick it up. Um, and then I won't be able to use it on my way back. <laughs> you know that kind of stuff. It's uh, I don't know. It, it feels weird. It feels like everything feels very disposable. It's like or you have to go out of your way to get the materials to build things. You can't just build a thing. No, you have to go go get all the metals and stuff and bring it to the thing you're building. Um, and so, there's, so you're delivering to the thing you're delivering to the things you made, as well as to the people who want deliveries. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot of that. And uh, <laughs> you almost don't want to make things because then you're going to have to deliver things there. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm I'm actively like 
I only ever try and start building something when I think it's like, oh, no, no, okay, this route's really annoying. I really do want this here myself. Okay, I'll put in the effort to actually, because I'm probably going to do this route a few times. Yeah. So I'm going to put the effort in to put, put a bridge down here. Um, but you could argue that most of the time you don't, because, you know, once you connect an area to the chiral network by yep. visiting one of its, um, like, little shelters, and they connect you to the network, and they form a strand, because terminology... And then once you've got that, you start your your part of the map starts populating with the stuff that other players have left about. Which is actually really cool because it like yeah. suddenly it, it takes what feels like a completely lifeless world and suddenly there's things in it. Yeah. And it's and, and then it's like, oh a player's been here, great. Or another porter in the context of the world. It's like they don't uh, it's, they sort of walk this weird line between other saying another player did this and other porters did this, um, um, which you know if they stuck to porter that would make feel a bit more in world. Um, but you know, and then uh, so they you know they left a ladder here for you, and then attaching this social network to it, kind of, so you can you can oh that ladder was really helpful. I can give it loads of likes, um, and then hopefully the ones with lots of likes start appearing to more more and more players. Um, so you know their stuff becomes the ones that bubbles to the top. Although it gives you a smattering of new things as well. It's like you'll stumble upon items around that no one's used yet. So you're the first other player to have used it and things like that, which is quite nice sometimes. Or you'll stumble upon a construction zone that someone started, and they'll be like, "Oh no, I'm actually carrying some metal right now. That's fine. I'll and, and this looks kind of useful. I'll I'll con- I'll contribute to your thing." Um, and that stuff actually is pretty cool i kind of kind of like it like that quite a bit and it's uh it, it's neat like that's i think i think perhaps sometimes there could have been like more of that like more more of those systems because it's like it, the structures you can build can all be built by other players but then sometimes there's just there's this signage system as well so you can put up like oh hey this is a rainfall area or this is a um a, a known trouble spot or hey you, you might want a ladder here kind of <laughs> kind of signage which i think sticks around for much longer than the actual equipment you're putting in the world so uh, and some of them can be clues to things but and uh, how you should proceed if you're trying to get to maybe a bit of map that you, you just want to see what's there which most of the time is nothing um but yeah i kind of want more you know more d- different useful signage i suppose <laughs> sometimes they'd be like oh, i want to how do I say this to the to, to someone else if they came this way? I don't know because there's not a sign for that. Um, so there's all that going on for it. The storyline, I have absolutely no cocking idea what's going on. <laughs> I'm pre- I'm pretty sure there's a couple of cutscenes I've skipped or like somehow somehow not seen. Yeah, and stuff stuff occasionally feels like it's happening out of sequence. So you know the um I think it was it you know one of the trailers we saw where it was like Mama's character introduction. Uh yeah. Yeah yeah. And, you, and with the floating dead baby um that's you know attached to her and in her lab and it's like uh I've never had that sequence and yet she talks about herself and has had the baby you know and about, oh you know I can't leave because of the baby oh. and it's like like what uh, was i supposed to have had that i don't know where you are as a character so was i supposed to have found your building somewhere already so you can explain to me why you've got a baby and what that is or is it just a late sequence it's like most of the characters have like an intro bit where they like 
introduce you and have like a little tag appear on screen saying who they are and uh die hardman and emily and hartman mm. and so you have seen other people's introductions that you'd already seen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. I was thinking like it's not like the trailers are actually meta. Like they're part of the game. Uh, yeah, you yeah. have watched the trailers before you play the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that would be kind of funny. But no, no. Just my mama's talking to me like from uh, just like as if we'd met. You know, it's just like okay, we will just carry on then. And like yeah, and there's little moments like that here and there where it just feels like. Or they'll you'll unlock an ability, uh, and then, <laughs> like it, um, uh, I, I recently got the ability to get weather forecasts for when time for, fall might be happening, or what areas it's probably going to happen in. Mm, uh, that's and useful. Yeah, it is quite useful, uh, so you can plot paths around it. Um, and it's uh, th- there's a there's a point where like three different characters all told me about, hey, I've made weather forecasts available for you. Isn't that great? And then they go, by the way, you can check your weather forecast now on your cufflinks. And then I come out of the, the, that sequence and step out into the world. And then, then someone's immediately on the codec going, hey, don't forget to check your cufflinks and so you can see what the weather report's like. It's like, you have, I haven't had the chance yet, game. <laughs> it's like three different characters are telling me about this thing I've not had the chance for, which I then went into the menu and then realized the game hadn't told me where in the menu that option was. Oh, great. <laughs> and I didn't realize that you can click the right stick to view different, slightly different versions of the map. So you get just the map straight out and then you click it once and then it shows you where the chiral network is, the boundaries are that you currently have open and then you can click it again and then it gives you weather forecast mode and it's like and i just didn't realize that was a thing there is a like a little pop-up that appears on the map if you leave it sat still for long enough but i'm not really using that i'm not really paying attention to that because i'm usually scrolling around and like, it's just like but it would have been nice if it was a bit more obvious like how i accessed that data it took me a little while before i after being told three times to use it that it's like mm. oh no no there it is oh okay interesting uh just there's yeah there's just things around the edges where it's just like a little clunky um but in yeah. a kind of annoying way or a forgivable kind of way i think that not, one not the, i mean there's yeah. there's quite a lot of tool tips in the game right so like and some of them repeat quite a lot so you'll be wandering around the world and you'll you'll drive a vehicle through water and you'll get the giant tooltip appear on the lower third of the screen saying uh hey when you drive vehicles through water it uses their battery a lot quicker and it's like i know you've told me every single time i've driven a vehicle through water or uh, uh hey if you if you uh when you're about to fall over if you grip both the triggers it's like uh, sam can uh, tense his muscles to steady himself it's like i know that's the entire game that's the game <laughs> I'm, do- I'm doing that a lot and it's it's and it's, it, it, it's, it's kind of fine sometimes i mean i know it's possible for players to miss tool tips on occasion but dear god it's just doing it a lot um it's like the opposite problem of like gta right where it pops a little thing on screen and you miss it and then you're screwed and then yeah. it's just screwed because you missed it yeah yeah uh, so there's that, and it's it has got like a tips library and things like that, so you can go through and read quite a lot of information about all these things. Sometimes multiple times again, um, but there, but it's there, and which is nice. Um, and there's a whole lot of transcriptions and things you can read if you're interested in the world. None of which really explain the world. <laughs> it's like there's there's 
there's clearly something interesting to all of this. There's clearly something fascinating about how this has all been put together, like how the, how the worlds of life and death hmm. came together at the death stranding. It's like, and and the game doesn't really tell you to your face at any point what that event actually was, what it was like. Even though, like, most of pretty much the entire population of the world would have had it. to have been alive at the time. No one talks about what that was at any point, which I guess makes sense, right? Yeah, because no. they all lived it. They don't have to talk about it. Well, and but, they don't want to reveal the secret of the whole game, right? In the middle. Uh, I mean, so I, that's the end. I mean, I guess, probably, but it's like... And why is it a secret? Like, it's not normal to have, like, a, a, a world or a plot or, or whatever, a story where everyone in the world knows about it, but the audience doesn't, and they don't explain it. That's really weird. Yeah, so there's a lot of that, like, because they, they, they talk about... So Sam and some other characters, you know, not everyone has this, but like there are people in the world that suffer from dooms, which is like a, a, it's like, it's not really an illness. It's just a thing you have. And there are levels of dooms that make you more or less sensitive to the, um, the world of the dead to a point where people with higher levels can actually start manipulating some of that stuff. Right. Um, They've got more midichlorians. Kind of. Yeah. Um, and uh, you're fairly low level, uh, yeah, as Sam. Um, so you don't you don't have these powers. Um, you just have the ability to sort of sense BTs um, a bit better than better than other people. Uh, and it's worth explaining that BTs are the weird sort of particly dead things that you see spectres of and, and have hang from umbilical cords from the sky. Um, Strands. No, no, they're they're actually referred to as, as umbilical cords. Oh, okay. <laughs> not strands <laughs> right got it all wrong because <laughs> they actually yeah. look like strands of something uh, yeah strands have three different meanings as far as i can tell from the terminology they refer to the president job because she's called bridget strand right because she wants to bring the country together so she's called strand that's that is that's not her actual name. That's just they're like that's a job. So she's a strand, um, and uh, uh, Amelie Strand as well. And also, uh, a strand is the connection in, in the chiral network between two places. That's a strand. But they also call rope made of your own blood a strand. Because <laughs> of course that's necessary. Yeah, standard hiking oh, equipment. Uh, no, no, yeah, that they sort of. So yeah, there's this thing about like people with dooms because of their connection and stuff. Their blood is super important. Like their blood can affect things from the other plane, from the other side. Because um, it's full of midichlorians, it, or something like that, it's to the point where your blood is effectively a weapon uh, a, a, against them, which in itself is could be mechanically interesting. Um, because in order to use your blood as a weapon, you're using your blood, which is your health. Right. Yeah. Don't want to lose too much blood. You're going to pass so, out. Yeah. There's there's <laughs> actually a balance. Idea. There's actually an, in, a balancing act there, uh, uh, which is mitigated as the game goes on by the fact that you um, give blood when you sleep, and you eventually get the ability to carry bags of extra blood with you. It's like some kind of veiled vampire game. <laughs> to to a point, yeah. There are grenades made out of your excrement, you know. So there's that as well, because uh, <laughs> your body because oh, awesome. your bodily fluids have effects on them as well, which I've never actually managed to use because 
The stealth is weird in mm. itself. So you enter a BT area, and the whole thing sort of goes. It's super rainy, and you get like a little sequence where your that that weird snappy snappy Thank flower you. contraption turns on to to tell you, hey, there's beached things or BTs in the area, and you you're effectively then using which direction this thing is flapping and the and what pattern it's doing to try and determine where they are. And you can you get that thing to scan, which can visually reveal them some of the time. That most of the time, in fairness, as long as you're pointing in the right direction, uh, and you're effectively just creeping around, trying not to make noise because they are they will come after noise. Uh, and then, which works mostly fine, and it is quite tense actually sometimes because the music all gets very oppressive and uh, yeah, and some 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 you know creepy synths going on. And it's a uh, you know you're you're trying to it becomes a bit of a puzzle more than anything because they don't really move around they sort of have little areas where they're hanging out in so you're more like trying to find okay what's actually the path through this area to get to where I need to go without getting too close and drawing their attention and they're, they're, most of the time there is a path to do that so I haven't really experienced too much BT combat um, and thank heavens for that because all of the combat in this game is bad. <laughs> Like, like, yeah. just, just, just really, really, really bad. I mean, I think it's kind of an interesting idea that, like, you can't kill anyone because they'll go nuclear. Oh yeah, yeah, yes, that's 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 a key detail you learn very early in the game as well. Yeah, when people die, you have to incinerate them or burying them in tar. Apparently, works as well. Okay. Um, otherwise, they go into necro status and they eventually blow up with the power of a nuke, which is how most of the world has just been destroyed. Yeah, but not but but not only that. There's like the nuke crater that they leave. Like there's some kind of residual effect where just nothing can live in that zone anymore. Like plants and stuff can't grow there. Um, uh, Even though people theorize that the time fall should have accelerated the growth of plants and things in those areas. It's yeah. They try and (laughs) they have something to it. There's mechanics um, in the world. But the combat, which is all non-lethal necessarily, is bad. Uh, say that again, sorry. I missed. So the combat, which is all non-lethal, right, is bad. Yes, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it never feels like it flows right. So against the BTs, what they do is when you get too close and they hear you, they start sending out hands in the floor. Like The, 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 the area around them becomes like tar on the floor, and these hands start coming towards you. And if you get caught by the hands... Well, effectively, all of your cargo falls off you, which is a pain in the ass in the first place. Right, yeah. Um, uh, and then, but you've you've got to like kind of just go, okay, sod that. I, I've got to try and get out of this situation and like shake off the hands and walk to the edge of the the pool of tar, and then and then you're okay. Um, but uh, that takes endurance and stamina, uh, which are two different things. Uh, <laughs> and, they, and if you if you start to run out of them, basically you get dragged under. Um, and when that happens, normally I reload um, because, yeah. <laughs> because what happens is you then go through this what is actually pretty cool visually visual sequence where you get dragged through the tar to somewhere usually quite some distance away from where you just were in a sort of like hey the camera's like goes first person and you can see yourself sort of being dragged through the through the environment to where this thing happens and then this big old monster comes out that you're supposed to try and kill with your blood grenades <laughs> or things like that except the grenades seem to do like practically no damage to these things so you hush your entire stash at them 
and maybe you'll survive and you'll come back uh and like the tar will go away or whatever and and and, and it'll, you'll be able to then work your way back to where you got dragged under and recover all your cargo maybe what happens to me most of the time if i try and engage with that is i just get one hit by this huge monster because i can't seem to figure out how to dodge it properly uh and you go through this weird sequence underwater called the seam where you find yourself and repatriate your body back to the world <laughs> and then you kind of just wake up nearby where everything happened anyway except all your stuff's probably highly damaged now I mean, and there's a whole load of, and there's a whole load of dead fish about because you know stranding and it's just, it's just weird it's like i just don't want to engage in it because it just it's clunky and feels bad and it's like and fun. it's a and it's yeah it's a huge headache so it's actually just easier just to reload like save frequently manually save frequently because the game lets you do that when you're not in danger and then just repeat the bt area and try not to so screw up um which is mostly not i don't screw up that often it's not that difficult but as there's the occasional moment where i can't see where one is and so i'm trying to creep by it and I don't think there's any line of sight to the BT, which I suppose doesn't matter because it tries to hear you, I guess. And all of a sudden, a hand just comes out of nowhere. And I'm like, where the hell did that come from? And like, it has that stealthy, you know, stealth, stealth is, has problems every now and then in games. And it, this is that. And that extends to the human uh, antagonists as well, the mules, which <laughs> is probably the dumbest idea this game has in some ways, in that it's. In a game filled with crazy ideas, it's like the mules aren't really bad people. They're just people that are obsessed with the idea of making deliveries to the point where they will steal any cargo so they can deliver it themselves. Right. They just love it's, to deliver packages. They love just... delivering packages. They're high on packages to the point where <laughs> they formed their own little weird package postal cult and create little... <laughs> And create like camps with orange lights about the uh, about the environment, and like hang out and steal cargo of people walking through. Uh, but you know, see, the, the, these are spoke like set up by the game at the start as like, oh hey, you can stealth your way through these, and sometimes you'll have orders that where you need to recover stolen cargo from the mules, so you've got to go into their camps and do it. And it's like, oh, be all stealthy, you don't really get spot. And it's like, but the stealth doesn't really work for those. It's like they'll just see you. Like it's hard. You don't know what their like vision range is or anything like. Because there's not really any on-screen indicators of where they can see and where they don't see. So invariably, what happens is you'll be creeping around, and then someone somewhere will just go. It will see them. The music will get will change to let you know that that you're now in combat, and then the entire camp just swarms your position. So you ended up end up having to deal with pretty much every single person in the area. Um, and and the way you do that is either with um uh because you, you don't really fight back you have some punches but they're kind of ineffective and some enemies it just doesn't work against at all um uh or you know, otherwise you're just standing there with a bit of rope out one of your strands and right. hoping that hope and waiting for them to attack you and hoping the prompt to parry it comes up on screen which it doesn't all the time because uh, if you parry them, then you can push them and turn them around so their backs to you. So you can do the bind, bind them with the strand with their back to. And you're right, like, hog tied type. Yeah, yeah. and once they're hog tied, they're kind of out of the picture, which is fine, um, as long as they're knocked out as well, um, so they don't untie themselves. Uh, and like it's just that doesn't, as I say, that 
system doesn't work all the time because while you're waiting for someone to power you, the, the other enemies will be around, be around, will surround you. And so while you're trying to parry one attack, you might get hit by something from the Some other, other side. Yeah. And because the camera's so close, it's like, so you can't really do that. So the other, well, eventually you get like what some, like, you get a bowler gun that basically right. is, can, can wrap them up from afar. Um, that seems to be the main but, way, right? But yeah, but your ammo for that is quite limited unless you're carrying multiple guns or until you eventually level them up or just find higher level versions of that that have more ammo. Um, but then it's like, yeah, it, it can be quite a tedious ordeal or it can just go horribly wrong and you've not got anything and you'll get punched a few times and you'll lose consciousness and then all your stuff will be stolen. So you've got to go back into the camp anyway to get all of your stuff, let alone the thing you were recovering. It, it seems which is like, also not that fun. So it seems like to one say. of those games where like <laughs> the core gameplay isn't that fun at first, but then you get upgrades and you get stuff to point that makes it bearable and then fine. But that takes away the actual game <laughs> to a point. Yeah, it's like these things don't, especially with the mules. I think the mules are just ill conceived. They don't. They don't really work. Um, they're, they're just a hassle, and they're not. They're not fun to fight against. They're not. It doesn't feel good going in and stealing their, jacking their stuff, um, to re- to return it to where where it's supposed to be. It's it's just a, it's a just a roadblock. It's like the where, where, what the game does right is the roadblock of of the environment. You know, the environment itself being interesting to traverse to traverse is is what the game does does right. And even then, I would say it's like it's not Breath of the Wild, it, wild interesting. No. It's you know, it's not. You're not going to co- go over a cliff and see like, oh, there's a thing I need to investigate because pretty much the, there's pretty much nothing to investigate. Nothing there. It's just yeah. desolation. It's, More desolation. Um, like yeah, it's like what was behind you. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It gets a bit more varied. Like the, mm. the second area is a lot bigger, and has a, has like <laughs> has like little mini biomes in it, I suppose. Um, it's just a weird thing, and I, I guess I, I guess like all that stuff I talked about, like the, the the stranding and the beaches and how characters can do this and why any of this is happening. Is just, yeah, no one, everyone seems to they everyone says it's all connected and they do that kind of stuff but no and it and it is a plot point that no one actually understands why any of this works mm. but they're still harnessing a lot of it if you see what i mean like the, mm. this chiralium system the chiral network it's like they don't know, really know what any of it is or why it happens or why the crystals happen to look like hands coming out of the ground but hey we can use this stuff for stuff somehow and Bridge Babies, and Mads Mikkelsen. I've seen a lot of Mads Mikkelsen in flashbacks, but I still have no idea what he's about. I guess you don't find that out until the end of the game when it dumps everything on you. Doesn't I guess you. I guess. He... Yeah, Mad, Mad, uh, it's it's nice in, like, in that respect, because it's like, hey, Mads can act. <laughs> Those sequences, like most of the sequences oh, you yeah, see, of are just him. <laughs> like, there's no one else, just him. Uh, and some of the some of that stuff is like really cool, like him coming in and doing a having having a bit of a wine tasting with himself. <laughs> That's great. You do. I, yeah. I love that. It's just sort of go. It's just like having having a sip of wine. And it's like hmm, not bad. <laughs> in, the, in the only the way, and he sort of looks to the camera at that point, and it's just there's 
there's stuff like that where it's like, all right, uh, th- this game's clearly got some talent behind it because it can pull off subtlety like that. It can, and then you'll get, and then you'll get a side storyline that exists to try and give you some sort of emotional impact, but has is set up very quickly, has a very long or an excessively long someone telling their life story at you that is supposed to make you care. And then you go deliver them somewhere and it's like, oh, everything, uh, happy story. And it's like, no, you didn't earn any of that. It's like, it's just, you tried to ham fist some emotion into this thing and it just, ugh, it feels so out of place and weird. It's not quite Yakuza level side missions. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not building tiny little toy cars to race around plastic tracks. It's, exactly. Yeah. Running your own um, like uh, companion bar. And when I say side mission, I mean I delivered some packages, and exactly. it's just one of those packages happened to be a live human at one point. Have you delivered any pizza yet? I have delivered a pizza. I've, I've, I actually thought the concept of that was kind of genius. Like in a game about delivery, it's like and not damaging cargo. Oh, let's make a challenge about not tipping cargo. Hmm. It's like your pizza, ha- your pizza must be flat, otherwise did, it gets ruined. And it's like, oh, that's flat? fine. I did because I had a truck and the route was pretty easy. Oh, okay. I just put it in the back of the truck and I was like, oh, let's go. <coughs> Truck's think, not going to fall they over. Possibly could have come up with a slightly more like important cargo that you need to keep stable than a pizza. Well, obviously, is... you don't even need to keep that flat. I mean, <laughs> like the toppings stay on pizzas at quite a severe <laughs> angle, really. I mean, if you want to talk about the odd <laughs> thematics of this game, like even more, it's like one of one of the places I stumbled upon relatively recently was a farm that was trying to make. Um, timefall work to their advantage um, and they grow a lot of wheat that actually sounds interesting they, <laughs> yeah Sorry. it's it's, a, it's kind of an interesting thing they don't it's not really it's it's not really a huge thing you just visit the farm they're there you get a tiny little bit of like text which is pretty much as long as my description just then and a mm. you know a conversation to that effect and it's like all right no that's actually cool that's like that's some world building right there it's like yeah, you didn't like don't a need to type thing. and then you realize all they're making with it is beer like <laughs> they're taking this wheat and just doing nothing but making beer. Well, I mean, why else would you do it? <laughs> wheat. You could make all kinds of food out of it. But beer it's... is the classic. It's like that's the, the it keeps really well, and it's got all these extra properties. It's not it's like bread, of, but it's made of time fall. Is the other problem? Like all the water in this world is like su- probably super dodgy and like kills you. Maybe. Yeah, I guess the, including it's... the water into the beer is probably the problematic. The, the, part. the time fall porter sounds. Kind it's of... not like the plants aren't absorbing a shit ton of water. I mean, yeah, who knows how this how the world really works? But it's like, uh, yeah, you go do that, and it's, yeah, it's just beer, and it's like, and then you go, as you say, you find the cosplayer, and like, it's like, why did these people who are like in the middle of nowhere like not just be concentrating on keeping themselves alive? Like, why am I delivering a pizza in this supremely dangerous world? It's, it's so weird. Uh, and yet, I can't really stop playing it. I don't understand what's happening here. It is the most like downtime of downtime games. Death Stranding, Death Stranding has the draw. It does. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And I really don't understand why. There's there's a lot to hate about this game, but it's just so strange that I can't look away. It's like a car crash happening. <laughs> it's that you get delivery bots that hum to themselves, which is actually probably the funniest thing in the game. 
like the first time you you create a delivery bot, it comes out of the floor, um, looks a little bit like those cow things for Metal Gear Solid Four. Oh yeah, and then and then just wanders off, going do 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 to itself. It's like okay, that's genius. If they have delivery bots, what do they need porters for? Oh, because the bots are bad. Like they, oh, okay. the, the stuff gets like highly damaged. Um, they, they they've only just invented. Um, they've only just invented these dogs, things. Yeah, whatever but... those Boston Dynamics things. <laughs> yeah, they've only just they've only just invented these things supposedly, and like to, to to actually be able to walk around the world themselves. And it's like they they perform better if the world's roads have been rebuilt by the players in it at that moment, or you know what what you can see. So if the roads are in place, then they do a better job delivering. Um, but most of the roads are rarely in place. It's a really strange thing. I don't love it. I don't hate it. I'm just playing it. And that's Death Stranding. And that's Death Stranding. I, I assume there's loads more of it. Um, sure, we'll find hear out. about that for a while. It's uh, next. Uh, let's hit Soul Calibur 6. I've been playing quite a bit of that as the well. Soul Calibur. A tale of swords. <laughs> eternally retold. Yeah, at least six times. <laughs> at least six times. <laughs> at least six times retold. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a sort of odd story behind Soul Calibur 6 in that like, it's possibly the one that supposedly, so, so I've read about in a few places, this actually had a lower budget than Soul Calibur 5 and things like that. So it's like a uh, it's it's been made with a lot less resource supposedly, and you can sort of tell around the edges. It's like the story mode is mostly text based and um, stuff like that. There's no like video y sort of nice nicely done cutscenes as far as I can tell. Like like the previous games might have had tr- attempted. Um, it's just mostly it's just pretty much about the fighting. It's like so it's like a, just a repackaged, slightly prettied up Soul Calibur game with. Um, uh, some some new mechanics and some new systems in play, but boy, do I love me some Soul Calibur! Like this is uh, it, like it feels it's just oh, it's I'm loving it. Like it really is just fantastic to play. I've gone back to my like I bought the deluxe version so I could play as Tira, um, and uh, yeah, she's she plays a little different from me differently from how she did in previous games, but still a lot of fun to play. Still really interesting, uh, and. Uh, I've won a good seventy-five percent of my online matches so far because I actually kind of want to play this online. Like it's a, it's a, it's fun. It's just fun. It has that sort of like it's not super combo heavy in that. I mean, yeah, there are combos in it and you can do them if you're super pro, but it doesn't really matter if it, like to me at the, at the level I'm playing. If you, if you're not that way, um, it's more about timing your hits and knowing when to guard and knowing when to use all the systems. And uh, of, of of various elements, like you, you, you can be just as successful just by knowing when to time your attack. Uh, you know how to just like not not necessarily going all out on a punish when someone whiffs an attack, just knowing that you can with a specific move at that point of time. It's a, it's and I, I think I prefer that. I think I prefer the like to and fro that Soul Calibur has rather than the uh, some other fighting games where it just feels like you can just be utterly utterly destroyed in a couple of and a couple of nasty combos um i i'm yeah and i'm just having a really good time with it i think i'm playing on pc and i think the pc port's not perfect it weirdly it does hitch every now and then 
which is kind of a problem for a uh, for a fighting game. Um, and and that's not because my system is stressed. I've tr- I've checked this out, and the stress on my system is usually pretty low when playing this game at max settings. Um, I'm only playing at 1080p. I'm not trying to ramp it above that. Um, and uh, and I wouldn't say it like it's uh, like a huge step up from the look of Soul Calibur V, which was last gen. Um, everything's a bit crisper here and there, and some of the some of the details are here. But there are certain things that are still fairly low poly, uh, and I don't think they've been too creative this time with some of the um, you know environments you're fighting in and things like that. It's 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 kind of like uh, aesthetically, like it's Soul Calibur. They've just made one of those. Uh, to the point, actually, where there's no alternate costumes anymore. Like, the characters don't have two costumes like they used to. There's only one costume that comes out, and they expect you to make any more that you want using the using the character customization stuff. So, uh, I don't really know what to, what, what to say about it, really. It's like the, the, the story stuff is kind of a bit RPG-like now, in that you're, you level up your character, and you get stronger, and you find better weapons. <coughs> you cough a bit. Um, you can go off the beaten path to do side missions, which are other fights. Some of those other fights have 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 modifiers, so it's got that little hint of that Soul Calibur Two Edge Master stuff. Just a hint. It's like you might go into a fight, and the um, certain moves are totally ineffective against certain people, so you have to use moves of a certain type against them. Or the floor might be super slippery, so everyone moves at light speed, <laughs> which is nuts. Um. Yeah. So, it, it, or there might be stages where, like, um, uh, like you're poisoned, or like the the so you, or you're against uh, a lot of enemies at once. Well, not in the same fight, but like in a sequence. Uh, so it's got a little bit of that, like, oh, hey, we're setting up little challenges for you to do. Um, which I think keeps a keeps a solo game going. Uh, yeah, it's good. All in all, it's good. I'll I'll be playing it for a while. I think. So Calibur Six, uh, and on games that are probably more interesting to the both of you, I've been playing Wargroove on Game Pass, which is Advance Wars, but not as good. Unfortunately, not quite as good. <laughs> it's pretty close though. It's just like it. Uh, uh, yeah, it's 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 Advance Wars. It has it has that same. It has pretty much the same like unit structure and what they're capable of. It's pretty much the same, uh, yeah, sort of st- style. It is almost the yeah you know, the way that you when when things go into a fight, it does a little cutaway, and then you see them fight with like a split down the middle of the screen. It's like it's it's um, the way that the combat works, where you, you do more damage when you're in the, when when you've got higher health and all that stuff. It's like it's following all of that all of that pattern for sure. Um, you know, to the towns that you capture give you money. It's got those, um, but it does try and add its own little wrinkles here and there. Um, uh, for instance, like when you're capturing, uh, it's a, you know, roll it back a step. Like, if you don't know what Advance Wars is, strategy game. Um, uh, is it, would you call it strategy or is it more tactic? It's like tactics, I suppose, but without the character leveling and all that stuff that's so normally associated with tactics it's a games. Turn-based strategy game, like an RTS, but not on a real real time. Yeah, <laughs> but simplified with a grid, I guess, rather than having like real positioning and, um, you know, the terrain does matter still, but it's not 
uh, yeah, it's, it's sort of like boiled down, really. Um, uh, yeah, so it's got a few major changes from from Advance Wars and how it its mechanics have worked. Like uh, towns can fight back. Uh, they sort of they sort of act like units uh, that are stationary. Um, so they also give you so in order to capture one, you don't just put a dude in it for a couple of turns. Uh, you have to fight it and whittle down its health, and then it becomes neutral, and then a character can take it over um, as part of their turn, uh, and it only takes one turn to do. Um, they're there, and they have their own health and things like that, and their own health goes up over time slowly. Um, uh, so that's that's so you have to plan that a little differently. Um, the, the, the it's a little bit like the last of the Advance Wars games, and that there's commander units. Um, which, if the commander unit dies, you lose the game. Um, but they are stronger and have their own abilities, which are called grooves. Which, in a game about like sort of medieval slash fantasy settings, like calling your special powers grooves, just feels a little out of place. How would they, how would they know whether they're in their? You, the, the phrase being in their groove or whatever wouldn't exist. <laughs> yeah, but it's not like this is real medieval. <laughs> Not like it's you know, Earth I mean. medieval. It's just a weird. It's just it's just an oddly out of place thing. It's like if they could have called the game Wargroove and made it funky. <laughs> yeah, about, about like DJs battling it off or something. And it's uh it also has one of those like storylines where it's like the deaths of everyone apart from the main characters are considered just uh you know that's fine. We can just kill off these other people as long as the main. It's like no, we don't care about. We're just we're just having a fight for fun where hundreds of people die. It's it's slightly weird like that, and because they actually do die in this game, right? Like cause they're little little sort of like their their corpse sort of turns into ghosts <laughs> and stuff like that when they when their unit dies on the battlefield. <laughs> it's a yeah, it's it's a, it's, a, it's a bit weird tonefully like that, but it's actually pretty, it's pretty good, really. It's like if I'm I'm getting my uh, long overdue Advance Wars fix out of it. To the point where I've now reached a mission where I don't know how to win, which always happens. Uh, it, it's just one of those where it's like the odds are hugely stacked against you, and it's deal with it, overcome those those bad odds, and I haven't found a way to overcome those bad odds, so I might be stuck. It's a campaign mission, a mandatory one, so I don't, I can't, and I can't get through. So I might, I, I, might, I might soon be done with Wargroove. But it's good. I would have preferred an advance wars though. Yep. Clearly. I would have preferred some of that funky music. Yeah, obviously. Even the even the last game's sort of grunge funky music. <laughs> less I mean, cheesy funky music. I liked the last one. It's like it's clearly not a, a lesser game than Advance Wars DS. But it's like I yeah, I I liked what they did with that last game. It was fun. What was it called? Dark something? Well, it depends whether you're remembering the American name or not. Oh, I have no idea what I'm remembering. I just can't <laughs> remember what that last one was. It's ruin, ruin. Days of Ruin. Days of Ruin. That's it, yeah. And the other one is Dark something. <laughs> oh, what? The American one is Dark something. Or... I think. Right. I'll save that flower, whatever it was. No, you have to not. You have to the flower's not, bad. Yeah, you get infected by the flowers. Uh, it's that stupid flower disease that only teenagers <laughs> get for some reason. <laughs> of course, because everyone has to be a sexy teenager in an anime game. 
Not really in this one, though. <laughs> There's like you and that other girl you fight. That's pretty much it for the teenagers. Unlike DS, where everyone is a teenager. <laughs> Even the 30 year old people might well be teenagers in that game. <laughs> I like, that's the thing about anime, isn't it? It's like 30 year olds, it's like, oh, you're well old. <laughs> it's like, all right, granddad, you're 30. 30. Uh, so that's what I've been doing. Is Dan still there? Hello, I am here. (laughs) He's still there. He just just... died for a moment. I was trying to make um, Danny Brown sounds. Uh, I couldn't hear any (laughs) Danny Brown sounds. Jack! Now I've heard them. Okay. Um, (laughs) Zach, what have you been playing? (laughs) Well... I've played quite a lot of stuff. I think I might finally have entered a phase where I'm just actually going to play different things and not get hung up on playing on like that indecision slash getting too hung up on one thing. I guess. Right. It's like it's either you're super on one thing or you're just like overwhelmed with options and then you just go back to the one thing. <laughs> That's how I feel like sometimes. Yeah, that happens. But I think I may have finally had a, a short period of time where I'm like, oh, I can actually just go and play different games that I just feel like playing. So I played wow, quite a lot of different eclectic. things. But like, I mean, not anything new. Well, one thing new, I guess. One thing new, which we also made a video of, was Wizards of Legend. Mm. So you can go and watch that on YouTube. Uh, you know, it's like a dungeon-esque, dungeon-crawling, roguelite type thing. You just go around and magic the shit out of stuff instead of shooting it. <laughs> Has that, has that expanded much more than we saw? Well, I finished the achievement for the grind, the grind achievement for getting all the gems. So now I'm like, now I can spend money. But mostly, all I've spent that money on is the is the outfits because they cost okay. seventy five each, and there's like I don't know how many there are, twenty maybe. So that's like all of that money. Basically, I've just spent on outfits and not any more skills yet. Still, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, I still haven't really actually played it that much. So. I might go back and do some more now that I've actually got through the grind. And I feel like I'm getting slightly better at it, <laughs> which is the important thing. I might mm. actually be able to finish a run at some point. Yeah, it's it's, it's very quick, isn't it? Yeah. How the combat works. It's it's quick and, at least in co-op, maybe it's not so bad in single player. It's quite hard to see sometimes. Well, I think you probably weren't helped by being beige. I feel like that. It's like I feel like that's actually the trade-off <laughs> of that because it it doesn't have any negative effects. It's both positive, and you get defense and armor. Yeah, except it's color. Except it's beige. <laughs> so you can't fucking keep track of yourself. I just keep thinking I was you quite a lot, even though you're bright blue in that video. And yeah. It's just like, why am I looking at? Oh, right, cause the blue guy tends to look like a player, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't think. I think I'm trying to remember what colours I actually because I've unlocked a bunch of them and you know some of them I, I'm like I'm not going to use that. That's just ridiculous. Why would you want to move faster? <laughs> that's all. Then you already move real fast, and then you, it's not like movement is that important apart from for the dodge. But that's like a set speed, so that's mm. not. So I was like, I'm not going to use that. I think I used the other blue outfit, the like light blue one, because that gives you attack and defense instead of defense and armor. I'm not sure really what the difference between armor and defense is, but whatever. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> so I used maybe that. Yeah. A, maybe armor is effective against uh, physical attacks, but like yeah, but none of the attacks in that game. Although I suppose some, there's, of, the, there's some, yeah, I suppose some of the enemies are actually physical. Yeah, your attacks aren't physical. 
even the melee ones. I guess. No, the ones that are classes melee, it's still just magic. Wind. So yeah, maybe now I've unlocked most or I feel like I probably only need to do like maybe one more run and I'll because also you can only buy three of the outfits at a time. So you have to do a run to restock the shop. So I feel like maybe one or two more runs I I will have bought all the outfits that you can get and then I can start investing in skills and maybe find some different skills that work better or differently or make some kind of better combo than the bog standard one that I've been using. Because <laughs> hmm. there is certain reasons like to... I mean, there's there's an achievement, I guess, but there's also a thing where there's a one of the special rooms that spawn, like the shops or whatever. One of those can sometimes be a like it's basically a combo challenge where like in order to get a free bonus item you have to do a, a combo that it does a certain number of hits within a stun. Oh okay. So you like stun yeah. the thing and then you have until the stun runs out to combo it and if you reach the target number you just get free stuff basically. And I did it once well, I did it like the first time I saw that, I did it. But then every other time I've done that, I haven't had the skills. Like, my base set doesn't have a long enough combo to actually get to the number. Hmm. So I'm like, you would actually have to build a different... So there must be better combos, is basically what I'm saying. <laughs> I must be able to make a better skill set that can actually do a better combo than the one I have at the moment, once I actually buy some more skills. So I don't know. Yeah, maybe I'll get through some more of that. And then all the other stuff I played, where I played... I played 2019's game of the year. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Went back to that some. I've been listening to more game of the year stuff from other other outlets. It's like yeah. it it sounds like we probably should have played Outer Wilds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I literally got confused between Outer Wilds and the Outer Worlds. <laughs> yeah. I didn't I mean, I think Outer... I think ever I think that's happened yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah. I think that was the problem with that game. Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe it got swallowed up by People playing the one that was, you know, bigger, I guess, yeah. quote unquote. Um, but yeah, that game sounds sounds rad. I want to check it out. Like the but... one we've missed, yeah. But I played R twenty nineteen. Yeah, we yeah. <laughs> <laughs> played a bunch. I, I like. I went back to a save in option not included in case you haven't been paying attention to our game. Yeah, <laughs> went back to a save that I played a little bit, but not very far. Which is probably the best way to go back to that game because if you come into something the way you just you would like you have to try and remember what you were even doing. And what was your plan? And you wouldn't have thought that would be that difficult because the game isn't really that you know complicated or anything. But like, it's sort of a general reassessment of like all the resources you have and like what yeah. the map's like and like <laughs> yeah, what you are sort of heading towards in general. But sometimes I think that's that's helpful. Like I found, I've found that with Wargroove, right? Where I've returned to a save of a situation that's been bad, and then been all like reassessing and be like, "Oh no, I can deal with this." That's slightly different yeah. than like coming back after a long time, though. Yeah, I guess it's not like it's it's a fresh look at a situation you're in rather than trying to remember what you're even doing. Sure, but you're still analyzing. Okay, where where are my units? Where are his units? Where's my what's the money situation like? But yeah, I went back to a save and did some slightly different things, which I guess is what I need to do in that game. I messed around with trying to exploit the stupid natural farming techniques to grow. It was mainly I, the reason that I'd originally started playing this map is I'd chosen the Badlands asteroid because this one specific type of map generates like big chunks of uninterrupted rock rather than like caves all over the place like most of the other biomes have. 
So these huge chunks of just just pretty much just rock, which you can really easily exploit with the that creature that can plant seeds, so that you can grow natural plants that don't mm. require any resources. Sure, yeah. So you use these huge areas of rock to just create natural farm rooms because you need the natural tiles to be able to do that. And because there's these uh, huge yeah. areas, it's really easy to just get a nice, consistent room full of natural tiles. Oh, I thought you said piles. Like, now I was thinking, no, you've got natural piles. No. So, yeah, I, I did that. But then the uh, the real trick with that is, like, it's not just having the rock. It's also maintaining the temperature or whatever that the plants need. So I was, and I wanted to grow a bunch of the cold plants. And I was like, okay, this this natural, naturally occurring rock is, like, 30 degrees. So I'll have to cool it down to, like, negative five or whatever but then you know that's not actually a complicated thing it's just like you build a pipe which you run cold shit through <laughs> and then you just wait <laughs> wait for it to eventually get down to temperature but then i i made the mistake on this map which is now has now become the big problem except it's like not a very it's not a problem you can solve very quickly i made the mistake of accidentally using up on my dirt on like food early on in the game, Your filthy, filthy dirt. Because you need dirt to do research, <laughs> and right. so so I can't actually research. And the only other way that like I was thinking, I was like, oh, my dirt's running now. I probably need to think about launching rockets to a nearby place where I can get dirt and I can get more dirt to keep growing these plants. Uh, and so initially, I was like, well, that's not actually a problem because I've got this cold farm coming up, and that's going to start making food. So I can like just stop growing all these dirt, dirt plants when the dirt runs out, and that'll, that'll be fine. But then I'd forgotten that I hadn't actually researched the rockets yet, <laughs> so I couldn't <laughs> launch the rockets to go get more dirt. I was like, "Oh shit, that's actually kind of more of a problem because now I having now I'm having to like, how can I even make dirt? How can I get any dirt at all? Because normally, well, the first thing I had to do was like, normally I use when you run the dirty bathroom water out from the bathrooms you run it for a filter and it filters out the crap and makes clean water again obviously because that's what filters are for but that leaves polluted dirt which is a specific kind and then the normally the way i deal with it now because this is an option that it got introduced was you can get this one type of creature this sort of crab thing that eats the polluted dirt and just makes sand it, it then basically filters the polluted dirt into sand right which is nice because then you don't have to deal with all the germs and shit on the polluted dirt. Mm. So that's what I was normally doing. But the other way, originally, what you do is you take the polluted dirt and you compost it, and then that would turn it into regular dirt. So now I've had to basically move all the crabs out of the filtration room and be like, no, stop eating all the polluted dirt. I need that. <laughs> so I'm having to turn that into dirt. And then it's like, well, how else can I get more polluted water to run through the filters to create more polluted dirt so I can get more dirt? So I'm like, okay, now I have to start using algae terrariums again, which I'd stopped using ages ago because I, I had moved on to better oxygen sources because the algae terrariums pollute, produce polluted water. <laughs> so I'm like, I can use those to make the oxygen and then as a byproduct get the polluted water, which then I can filter to get the polluted dirt, which I can then compost to get regular. <laughs> <laughs> or I've been also considering I could Wait, just... So polluted water filters into polluted dirt somehow? But the water comes out as well. Obviously, okay. It's a separate byproduct. Okay, okay. But then I was like, okay, what else could I do? Well, I could water to dirt. (laughs) It's just dirt in the water. Well, that's what polluted water means, right? It's like water with crap in it. It's polluted with just algae. It's not dirt. 
Well, it's not necessarily algae. Isn't that like polluted algae or whatever you're saying? Like the algae was making water and just making polluted water. Well, if you somehow think about the algae terrarium, what you're doing is you're putting you're putting in algae and water, mm-hmm. and you're getting out oxygen and polluted water. So, like right, the algae yeah. is clearly like decaying into oxygen, I guess, because it's not like the algae is growing. It's not like a farm. You're digging the algae out of the environment, shoving it in this thing, and then somehow that's turning into oxygen. Okay. So I guess you're sort of killing the algae, and that's what's left over in the polluted yeah, water. Making dirt somehow, yeah. Okay. Then All it, right, I'll suspend for now. Or if it's the bathroom water, obviously that's where the dirt comes from. <laughs> you know where that comes from. No, there's that kind of dirt. Yeah, dirt all over the place. <laughs> so, but then I was also thinking, well, maybe I could just skip the whole algae terrarium part of this process because if you heat algae to 125 degrees it just turns into dirt so now i'm thinking like maybe i can make a basically a cooker <laughs> i just heat a room up to over 125 degrees and just chuck a bunch of algae in there so i don't know that's like that's been my sudden challenge but it's not actually it's like either as i said it's like it's a very slow challenge <laughs> if you're going to do it via the polluted water method that's going to take quite a long time because you'd get really tiny amounts of polluted dirt out of it but cooking off a whole bunch of algae would be quicker but you know super inefficient and as always that's my <laughs> my one problem is inefficiency although arguably running out of dirt before you've done all the research was pretty inefficient <laughs> so whoops so yeah, there's that. And that that was also the other reason I was playing that map was because that was one of the maps I used the, the like external tool that can show you what's on the map beforehand. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I I had actually look, picked that map specifically for its arrangement of of like geysers and where the biomes are and stuff. So once I once I looked that up again on the external website, I was like, oh yeah, I remember what I was attempting to do with this map, <laughs> apart from the natural farming. So that's that. I did that quite a lot. Uh, I also played a little bit of little bit more of the Minecraft thing that I was doing. Uh, 